entails him escaping after when they're going to try and brand him mm-hmm. with a Morton Joe's cool insignia. Yep. And uh, he escapes. And he he just runs through these hallways, and you always know, even if you you don't have a map in your mind of like exactly which turn is where. Yeah. But you can always tell that he is like picking with the one direction he can go, and then he opens these doors, and he's like, you realize that he's on top of this big cliff. Yep. And they catch him and pull him back in, and we get like kind of a cool visualization of what the citadel is like right away. Mm-hmm. It's just this huge mesa almost. Yeah. That has like a sister mesa on the other side. Yep. And they capture him, pull back in, opening credit or opening title screen. Yeah. It's really awesome. It's a great way to start the movie. And there's a lot of like creepy flashbacks that he has. Yeah, about not being able to help people. Yeah. Which plays on kind of you already know that Mad Max is supposed to help people. Yep. It's oh, it's so good. Just the intro is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the whole movie just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, from that's there. like pre-car action and yeah. it's already great yeah we see a, the opening car crash and that's kind of it for cars yeah and then we kind of get an intro into more of what the world is there's uh-huh. a guy that runs the citadel who's basically an old looks like an old war captain yep uh and if you read the tie-in comics which i did you find <laughs> out the prequels of all these people which you don't need to yeah. that's the thing it works so fine without it it's a perfectly encapsulated world uh-huh. everything's logical as to like what people would be doing. Yeah. There's some like weird stuff. Like this guy, you know, has like wives basically who are like aren't diseased because uh-huh. he wants to have children and then he, so it's a lot of patriarchal uh-huh. stuff versus, you know, like like who run who ruined the world kind of is this thing they keep saying. Yeah. And it's how all of these structures that were set up mm-hmm. were basically set up to make things worse. And it's yep. it's been you know a lot of people say it's a very feminist movie it is in, mm-hmm. in the sense that like not just that women do great things they obviously do yeah. but that they're kind of everyone's treated as equal out in the wasteland there yeah. isn't that that divide doesn't really exist in the same way yeah except for the people that it's exploiting yeah and, and so yep and in the citadel it's clearly very uh patriarchal it's really patriarchal yeah Yeah. and violent in that way specifically yeah it's set up and it's set up for war like the only way that you can gain any sort of status is by becoming one of the war boys and Mm -hmm. you get put to you know driving cars and you worship the cult of the v8 and they do the cool v8 sign with their hands yeah where they cross their fingers and it makes a v8 motor yeah it's really cool it's really clever of course a cult that worships cars would do that like (laughs) yeah and he's always talking about valhalla and if you die in battle everyone witnesses you and you become you know and you go to valhalla and he takes it so it's basically a cult yeah and we've got furiosa who's kind of the other main character as much of a main character as max is it's like dual main characters it's pretty cool i think it's pretty much furiosa's movie kind of like she has a yeah. lot more she does more stuff for sure but i think the way that it's presented to us is that it's max's movie yeah well max is kind of like the he's like the luke skywalker yeah slash harry potter slash neo type where it's just like he's a little bit more of a blank slate kind of a blank slate a little bit yeah which is interesting because a lot of times when people talk about that concept the way i've heard it most talked about is people talking about Keanu Reeves in that he is kind of just like a blank guy all the time. Yeah. He kind of can't help it, it seems like. Sure, yeah. And how 
people kind of described it almost as being like you have to almost be a bad actor oh, <laughs> to sure. make it work. But I think what's Tom interesting Hardy's, about I've definitely not. So. Yeah, he's good. What's interesting about him is that I think that they, for the first time, are like, well, if you'd gone through this much, wouldn't you have PTSD? And he does. Yeah. So he's a guy with PTSD going through this and trying to get himself back to normal almost. Because mm-hmm. he keeps having these flashbacks of the people he couldn't save. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to trust anyone. And mm-hmm. he's always mad all the time. Sure. Yeah. So I think he definitely fits in that vein. Yeah. But then, so Furiosa's whole secret thing is that she's going to help the wives escape. Yep. Charlie's Theron yeah. nails it. So good. She's so cool. And everybody in this movie is so cool. That's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. The bad guys are all crazy in a cool way. The yeah. good guys are all awesome. Yeah. Every single car looks amazing. They're all mm-hmm. welded together from other cars. Uh, Nicholas Holt plays Nux, and he's great. Mm-hmm. He's basically being taken advantage of. He's a guy who's realizing he's in a, he's in a cult very slowly, yeah. surely, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Ah, this movie's so great. I so, yeah. think about it a lot. So Furiosa, her plot that she kind of comes up with is that she's going to help Immortan Joe's wives escape. Yeah. And so she like puts them in like this tanker truck, which is supposed to go get oil. Yep. From Gastown. From Gastown. And Uh, there's also the bullet farm. Yeah. And so Max kind of gets caught up in that. Yeah, he gets gets taken on the chase inadvertently after they escape already. So it's... Oh, it's so cool. I'm just going to say that over and over. It's so cool. (laughs) Everything about this movie is so cool. The action's really great. And the way that stuff is set up, you know, they have like this clear path. And they have like a whole war party to go between town to town because there's all these raiders everywhere. Uh And... Furiosa's whole plan is that she's going to take the wives to where she was taken as a child. Where she was taken from. Yeah, yeah. As a child, yeah. yes. And so, which was sort of this, like, one place that was still green. Yep. They call it the green place. Yep. Like, anything in Mad Max, it's just like, what is it? It's the thing. Yeah. It is the thing that it is, and yeah. that's how we're going to That's what we it. name it. Yeah, there's no symbolism here. <laughs> it just is the thing. Yeah. So, long story short, they make it there. They find out that it's not what they thought it was it's toxic now like it doesn't exist and so they're either going to try and escape across essentially the dried up remains of the ocean Mm -hmm. i believe is what they're going to do or just drive until they find something Mm -hmm. but then max convinces them the only way to do this right is to actually drive back Mm -hmm. and beat uh joe to the citadel Citadel. and so they and they do and that's it that's the whole movie is they leave. They realize they should have. They that leaving was a bad idea. They go back. Well, not even really that it was a bad idea. Just that nothing came of it. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. That it just doesn't exist the way they thought it did. Yeah. So it all worked fine in the that's end. That's all the movie is. Yeah, it's, it's just very like, simple. They go a place. They go back. But it, within <laughs> that, it's incredible. They well, set up so many great sequences for everyone to do cool stuff well and i think that's it's the of all the mad max movies i think it's the one that has the most character in it yeah because even like that the plot is unbelievably simple but the character uh everybody has character arcs along the way and they have all these moments where it's even like max of where he gets himself in a situation where he could just leave yeah and just look out for himself kind of and he's just Decides not to. Keeps getting pulled back in. Well, and everyone has that point. I think everyone in the movie makes a statement Mm -hmm. about what they believe in and why they believe it. Yeah. And then they get put to the test. And then they also have a scene where they sort of show 
how they've learned something or how they've evolved. Mm-hmm. Even, I mean, other than the bad guys, of course. Yeah, they don't but, learn. That's why they're bad. <laughs> they don't learn. Right, exactly. They, <laughs> they want don't, things they to don't, stay the same. They don't grow or change. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Nux is probably the best example because he wants to... His whole thing is that he wants to be meaningful sort of toward the group. You know, he mm-hmm. thinks that he's supposed to get his meaning from dying in war and then uh. he ends up sacrificing himself for people mm-hmm. who are actually good. And so and that's his, like, his cool way that he turns. And in the, in the meantime, he does talks with the wives about you know like what what he's doing what he's doing mm-hmm. it's really cool it's yeah. in he has a full character arc max is a full character arc he wants to trust people mm-hmm. that's why he finally gets to say my name is max <laughs> yeah furiosa gets her thing she actually gets to save the people that she wants to save and she gets to get her revenge while she's doing it uh-huh. all the wives gain the confidence to actually do stuff yeah, because at first they're very... They're scared, because they yeah. haven't been outside at all. Yep. And yeah, so they get the ability to actually fight themselves mm-hmm. instead of being protected, which is very cool. Yeah. And also, there's just a bunch of little things in there that aren't really like anything that we've been talking about, like plot or character. They're just weird details that are great. Yeah. Like Furios's uh, robot hand or whatever. Oh, yeah. So she's missing a hand, and she has, like, a cool mechanical hand. It's just good. (laughs) It's just good. That's the thing. There's so many things that are just good. The way that she... She's, like, a female version of the War Boys, basically. Mm -hmm. And they all are constantly... They're, like... What they wear is basically pants. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they all shave their heads, mm-hmm. and they all wear chalk. Like, yep. they just cover their bodies in chalk so they're not sunburned constantly. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, actually has a shirt on and stuff and the yeah. attachment for her arm. But she, but what they also do is they also put grease, like, literally engine grease around their eyes and they're on top of their head mm-hmm. as an additional, like, not getting sunburned thing. Mm-hmm. And it gives everyone this crazy look. Like, they're all these crazy skeleton people. <laughs> yeah. And they're terrifying. It's like... The stormtroopers in Star Wars, yeah, and where they all just have this really specific look, very and, iconic. And another awesome thing that George Miller does is he just finds people who are unconventional and puts them in the movie. Mm-hmm. So Morton Joe is played by Hugh Keens Byrne, who was Toe Cutter in the first movie, mm-hmm. and he's a weird dude, in a yeah. really weird looking dude. Apparently, the cane that he had uh-huh. is uh, Keen Byrne's cane <laughs> that he just brought on set, and they're like, "That's your and your Use character it. now. That's yeah. what you're doing." And he's got that crazy mask with the horse teeth. Like, that's so uh-huh. nuts. But then, also, all the guys that play his kids are super weird. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, like, that big muscular dude who is clearly, like, not all there in some way. Yeah. And then the guy who looks, like, almost like a puppet. Yeah. He's this tiny dude with, like, tiny arms and legs mm-hmm. who, like, rides around on a chair. That's a real dude. Yeah. That's a guy that just has that congenital... That's how he, he was born. Mm-hmm. And... He, like, finds a place for him in this. It's really cool. He has some really unusual casting that really, mm-hmm. I think, is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and there's other people that you just see out in the wasteland who are weird-looking people. Mm-hmm. And they make it look really cool. And also, some of it's like, yeah, nuclear fallout. It's so, it, like, has been messing with people. Sure. And that's a big plot point is Nux and some of the other guys, they all have half-lives. They're people who are going to die soon anyway because they all have cancer and stuff uh-huh. from all the nuclear ro- fallout. Yep. So that's really cool. That's like a cool detail that mm-hmm. makes sense. And that's why it's so interesting when they catch Max and he's 
they they say he's healthy. He like he doesn't have any cancer or anything, mm-hmm. and that he's uh, going to be a good blood guy. For yeah, him. I have a bit of a uh, got a bit of a devil's advocate thing. All right, about uh, what? Okay, about so how this movie's not cool because you're wrong. Basically, oh, get out of here. You said because you said mostly just because you said it's cool like forty times. I also have. Yeah, it is cool. Okay, but uh, one of the criticisms I see of the movie a lot is just about it being so over the top as to be almost corny sure like with the guitar guy oh yeah the guitar guy or the people just like having like completely decorative flamethrowers on right yeah yeah for sure or it's almost like this movie takes the cackling bad guy thing yeah and just really cranks it up see but i i like that i like that like i think you'd have to be on board coming into the movie you do that's true but I think part of it is that that also fits in the world, even the guitar guy, in a mm-hmm. weird way. Mm-hmm. Because, all right, you're this crazy warlord, and all of your followers are idiots. Yeah. What would they like? Well, like a guy with a guitar just playing music <laughs> with giant speakers. Like, yeah. yeah, of course they would love that. Like, that's how you go to war. Yeah. And, like, flames, they think that's cool. Yeah. Like, literally... <laughs> This movie has a cult where they worship cars. Like, so of course the coolest car is going to be from the coolest guy, and that's going to have flames coming out of it. Yeah. That over-the-top thing is part of it. Like, uh-huh. it's also George Miller and his crazy brain. Yeah. But it's also, it fits within the world because these people worship cars. <laughs> yeah. These people, their only things that they have are water and oil and bullets they've taken a big step back societally exactly yeah and so this lowest common denominator thing it's easy to say like well yeah they're then i feel like people get into it of like the the guitar well and like that that they think of it is that's what the movie is right (laughs) in our world yeah yeah see that's you gotta like pull yourself away from that like it's a smart movie yeah in a in a cool way like it's it's a it's good storytelling yeah. I'm not going to say like it has the best commentary or anything. Yeah, well, but it's like, I think it's funny how even like the names and stuff. Yeah. People kind of rolled their eyes in the Han Solo movie, but with the scene where he gets his name solo because yeah. he's by himself. But like his name was already Han Solo. Right. Like, you know, like they call their light sword, their laser swords lightsabers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of on the nose too. But the thing with that is that there was no reason to think that Solo was just a title. Like, Solo <laughs> well, yeah. in that universe could just be a last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, he's like, he's, like, but he's like the loner guy. You know what I mean? It's like on the nose thematically. That's for too, like who well, he right. Is. But that's what I'm saying is that, like, the difference there is that Solo just could have been, been a name. There's a guy named Quinland Voss. Like, they could Solo could easily yeah, yeah, be yeah. a last name. Yeah, what I'm saying is just like. People like people think the first Star Wars is good, even though a bunch of stuff is super on the nose, right? And everybody's really obvious. But in the universe, you can say that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In the Mad Max universe, yeah, you see where all the naming has come from, and it's from people who. It's because everything's been dumbed down. That's why it's it works. It works in a different way. I think. Does that make uh, sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was just trying to say of. That they both work for oh, the same yeah. reason, yeah, which okay. is that you can be dumb. Yes, that's in, true. <laughs> if you're making a whole fake world, you don't want it to necessarily be... Like, what's that book that has, like, the huge index in the back of what all the words mean? Dune? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. You don't, you don't want every fictional universe to be that impenetrable. Right. <laughs> you know? so that's like, the thing is that these, this is... 
the opposite they have a reason they have a reason for it within the universe yeah. for it to be accessible it's, it's the most logical because everyone's stupid and they have to know <laughs> you're only given 200 words and you got to yeah. use them all <laughs> so it's like knowledge is a resource mm-hmm. in, in mad max do you think part of it with the so even like you mentioned that there's the town called the bullet farm yeah and there's the guy who runs the bullet farm yes is named uh something with bullets the bullet farmer i think maybe maybe it's like that much it's like that obvious but i think what's interesting about that even when you talk about it being like a thing about like legends and stuff yeah is that mad max keeps the same name throughout way too long of a time span for it to all be the same guy it's clearly almost like a title at this point or something like kind of like a moving character i think the idea is that you're not supposed to really know yeah but like with what I think it's interesting is that with guys with these really on-the-nose titles, yeah, it almost makes it seem like it probably is just a title and that that's a thing that people have always used yeah. to take the authority of the person who previously existed sure. and apply it to yourself. Well, that's I mean, why, that's like, why the king... bad guy is Immortan Joe, yeah. like he's, he's immortal or yeah. whatever. Well, and that's why, like, you know, back in the day... A king would be like, yeah, I'm gonna name myself King Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, because it's I'm like, like a previous Louis. Yeah, I'm like this is like a never-ending string of people who, if you had any allegiance to the previous guy, just keep it. Yeah, but yeah. also it's fun because okay, so here's some of the other names that are so good. Mm-hmm. The one of his sons is named Rictus Erectus, yeah, which is so on the nose and also a he's fun the way. Huge guy. Yeah, he's the huge dude. Man, there's so many weird ones. The the people eater. That's the other. That's the fat dude. Yeah. The who like is always tallying stuff. He's the guy who runs Gastown. And yeah, the bullet farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who's the guitar guy is the doof warrior. Um, that, I, that, I don't get that one. No, nah, it's just a fun <laughs> name. Oh, okay, that's just. Yeah. Uh, but the one that actually really good is is really great is the doctor is the organic mechanic because <laughs> they run everything through the idea of mechanics because mm-hmm. they love cars and so yeah he's a guy who does organic mechanic he that's that's him that's his thing <laughs> oh and then the other the other brother the other brother is corpus colossus which is also <laughs> a fun name there's it's just a lot of stuff like that it's essentially just weird stuff and most of those aren't even in the movie that's just yeah. like, like the names they don't really name drop everybody yep. i don't think there's like imperators that's like imperator Fur- furiosa mm-hmm. and title the, like the war boys and war pups and like they just have cool names that's what's so cool <laughs> about mad max is that they have cool stuff going on it's just it's what's awesome without the thought of ego in a sense. Uh-huh. Like there's no ego involved in this. It's just like nobody this ever, be a, nobody's this embarrassed. Be, yeah, nobody's <laughs> embarrassed by how obvious it is, and that's yeah. what makes it so great. And they can just go nuts. They can just like be walking around with just like a leather speedo and a helmet, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't sit and like, whoa, look, what? Get a load of this guy. He's looking weird. <laughs> no, they're just like, this is what this guy is. This, which al- is, this is the universe we live in now. Which almost makes sense because it's like a world with like no culture or society. Yes, exactly. That is what it's so cool about it. Yeah. So I, I think that's what you nailed it. It's just there's no culture and so it's what people make out of the scraps of what's left. And everybody does exactly what they want. Like yeah. if they if they want to well, can if, at if least. they yeah if they can if they want to be like the super powerful person like physically they're just gonna go for it yep you know yep 
Yeah. There, there's no part of them that's like, ah, but like these other people, they care a lot about being a smart person. I think it's just like, <laughs> it's irony free without mm-hmm. being uh, corny. Yeah. I don't know. And people obviously will think it's corny. Some people think it's fine. Corny. But it's, it's, there's no like winking to the camera. There's no like, isn't this dumb? Like, who would do this? Well, I think that's part of why it gets adopted by so many other things. Yeah. Is that there's so many archetypes in it. And yep. it's so easy to make, for example, a video game out of it. Yeah. Even when I was watching some clips from Road Warrior, there were a few moments where I was thinking, like, man, this is like a video game. Yeah. Like, everybody has such strong visual looks to show who they are exactly they all have such singular purposes and singular characteristics yeah you know like this is the dumb huge guy this is the scientist guy who uses gyrocopter yeah everybody has such obvious roles in their little societies that they've made and i think that's what works so well about all of it and I think what George Miller has always been going for is that these are like the sort of er story. Mm-hmm. Like these are the primal stories. This is what we tell around the yeah. campfire. This yeah. is what like our caveman ancestors would say. Is that yeah. like before there was real culture, this is what you would this is what you would give stories about. Yeah. This is how you would pass on morals. You mm-hmm. would tell a story about a person who did a heroic thing mm-hmm. based on the stuff we have now but he's better than us and i think it feels like that kind of a story yeah and, and like even like we mentioned the second one having like a narrator and it being yeah more obviously a story within a story kind of a right. thing but like even with with all the movies they work that way in how specific of a role everyone has so like all the wives in fury road for example yeah it seems to us to be almost like a really weird waste for these like fairly capable people to have just like one thing that they do and that's it yeah and it's like such a waste of human energy and human potential yeah but within this yeah this story that is how like people are portrayed in these kind of iconic well in like in these kind of iconic roles yeah that that take place in very simple stories yeah exactly the hero is the hero the yeah and he seemingly all he does is rescue people you never have this scene where he needs to like sort out his yard it's a very (laughs) tv tropes worthy type of movie where they have like this is what the this is the guy that's the knight this is Mm -hmm. the guy that's the something else you know this is yeah. this guy's the sneaky dude the wizard yeah exactly whatever. yeah it's it's very set up that way where it's all archetypes mm-hmm. in, in all the movies mm-hmm. and that's what's so cool about them all is that they're archetypes of people who have real character and that's what makes the archetype so successful mm-hmm. and it kind of makes a framework for them to deal with these situations yeah and show their character in the situation right yeah it just sets up the just all the aspects of the world are so great mm-hmm. and so the other thing I wanted to talk about is how this movie got put together, mm-hmm. which it, it was 10 years of George Miller putting together the entire movie in storyboards. Uh-huh. So the whole movie was storyboarded out with him and a comic book artist. Hmm. So he drew the whole thing. So there are like 1,300 storyboards or something crazy like that, wow. which is excessive mm-hmm. for a movie you're going to shoot live action. But the whole thing is set up in visuals. Like, the script is non-existent intentionally. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah. He basically had it as storyboards first, and then he wrote a script out of it to give to Warner Brothers to try and shoot. Oh, because I suppose they probably wouldn't take a yep. <laughs> 1,500 storyboards. Exactly. <laughs> so, he wrote the script quick. They're like, sure. 
and then it cost them so much money to do this because they went to Australia. They needed to be the desert, and it rained like once in every 50 years it rained, <laughs> and it was all green and verdant and lush, and so they're like, crap, we got to move the whole thing. So they moved <laughs> everything to South Africa or to Namibia. Wow. And shot there instead. <laughs> wow, that is a huge bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tom Hardy didn't get along with the director, and he didn't get along with Charlie's Throne, and which actually worked for the script. Yeah, probably. And it was just hard. They were shooting out in the desert all the time. Yeah. And they came up with this amazing thing. It's so cool. Did they... I know this is a big thing that people talk about of uh, there being a lot of practical things in the movie. Yeah. Were, did they have much CGI in the movie? Yeah, actually a ton. Okay. Uh, but So what they did, they really crashed all the cars. Uh-huh. They really did all these things, and they just enhanced it. Uh, so yeah. Because you can see all the color stuff that they did. Anytime they're, you're, you're driving in a car with them, mm-hmm. like and you're watching them with the windshield, mm-hmm. all the stuff going around in the background is CGI. Okay. They never were driving the cars when they were in them. Yeah. If you have a shot inside of it, it's just them. And they they built a set of machines where it would realistically recreate the bumps of the road, kind of. So it would just jiggle the car around. Yeah. And so anytime you see them talking inside the car Mm -hmm. and they're not doing ADR, the voiceover, that's them for real. And then they just add the background like they're driving. Okay. That's it. That's all they do. It's It's so smart. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then... They'll enhance a lot of crashes. They'll like put cars, you know, like they'll shoot cars into a bunch of different things and put them all in the same scene. Yeah. So that iconic shot where he's on like the pole and he's swinging across. Yep. There's that huge explosion in the background. Mm hmm. And then there's all those other cars driving. Some of that's there. Yeah. And they added the rest to mm-hmm. make it bigger than it was. Yeah. So. There's actually a lot of CGI, but it's done so cleverly that you don't realize it, which is the way that CGI should work. It should yeah. enhance what's already there. And a lot of it, it, from what it sounds like, is things that they actually shot. Yeah. And they're just putting them together with CGI. Right. Exactly. They didn't, like, invent a car. Yep. Which is why I think it was so clever to do. I mean, they just he just knows how it works. George mm-hmm. Miller is brilliant. Mm-hmm. So clearly, the dude's been filming car crashes for a while. He gets it. Yeah. He knows what's up. <laughs> that was pretty much. I think the whole sell of the first one was like he just I, showed I, them the Road Warrior in its entirety, and they're like, "All right." Well, I think even for like the very first one. Yeah. I feel like audiences in 1979 must have... They weren't as used to the things that we take for granted today. Yeah, totally. In terms of excellence in car crashes. Yeah. So, it probably blew their minds. I'm sure it did. Like, this really new one cool. blew, the new one blew my mind. That's so good. <laughs> That's all I'm going to keep saying about it. It's so good. It's one of my favorite movies. It's hard for me to come up with things to say about movies that i think are good sometimes yeah it is this has been a tough one to talk about a little bit because i just want to keep saying it's so good it's so good you <laughs> yeah. need to see it yeah yeah like this is cool this is it, it ends up just being like a list of things it's a list of cool, cool sometimes yeah um and that's a little bit what this movie is but i want to get people excited about the mad max universe yeah. more than anything i want people to be as into it as i am because i love it so much and i <laughs> yeah. want other people to love it yeah because <laughs> it's been so... I'm such a huge fan. And I am really sad that there probably will never be another one. Yeah. He had another one written called uh, Mad Max The Wasteland. Mm-hmm. And he is currently suing Warner Brothers for profits that he didn't get mm. from the movie. Yeah. And so it's probably never going to happen. Yep. Which is such a bummer. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, 79 to 85, that was six years. Yeah. Between the first one and the third one. So... And... Shoot, between 85 and 2014, 19 yeah, years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
Like that's there could be more of them. He's he's getting old, so he needs to be more like the sixth than like the tw- nineteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like I think he's eighty now. Really, seventy nine or eighty? He's up wow. there. He's way up there. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's man, he's cool. I would love for him to be able to do at least one more. Has he made anything else? Yeah, other actually, what other movies? Let's talk made? about that a sec. He directed the sequel to Babe. Oh, yeah. Babe 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> he did not direct the original Babe. I think Babe 2, Pig in the City is a part of the Mad Max universe, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can say that. That's fine. I think I think Babe is, it's like another legend. Yep. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Honestly, that would work. Um, but he also did, uh, he directed part of Twilight Zone, the movie. That was the one where they had different directors okay. coming for different parts. He did, we don't need another hero music video <laughs> with Tina Turner. Turner. He did the the witches of Eastwick, Lorenzo's Oil, and then Babe Big in the City, <laughs> and then both of the Happy Feet movies. What? He's the director of both Happy Feet movies. Huh? Why? This guy's hard to get a read on, right? So when this came out, they couldn't be like from the director of Happy Feet, Happy Feet Two, <laughs> the director of Babe Two, the last, the last in the like, city. fully live action movie he did was Lorenzo's Oil in 1992. I don't even never even heard of that. It's. A boy develops a disease so rare that nobody is working on a cure, so his father decides to learn all about it and tackle the problem himself. Wow. It's like a medical one. Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon are in it. Doesn't sound like there's a lot of car crashes in that one. No car crashes that we know of. (laughs) Because I'm going to have to go watch that one. (laughs) They just had to say, from visionary George Miller. Oh, yeah. When they advertised it. And it was worth it. It was so awesome. I mean, I assume it made a bunch of money, right? Fury Road? Yeah. Yeah, it did great. It, like, won a bunch of Academy Awards. Didn't the... Wasn't, like, his not he had the same costume person for, like, all these throughout the Yeah, she and win? she showed up in costume... Like, a, she made her own Fury Road jacket yeah, that had w- the skull on the back. And she won, right? Yeah, she did. It, it was, was awesome. really cool. That's I'm probably really the glad. only time I've ever cared about who won that award. Yep, totally. That's probably actually... With the one of the Academy Awards where I was most invested in a lot of the technical awards because yeah. Fury Road kept winning them. Yeah, totally. And I didn't even talk about this, how good the soundtrack is in this movie. Oh, it's so it's good. incredible. It's this cool version of industrial and classical. Mm-hmm. Not classical, but like movie soundtrack with violins and a full orchestra. Yeah. So they have really intense violin bursts, and then they'll be playing some really deep cellos and bass, and then suddenly you'll get engine sounds to punctuate it uh-huh there's actually the best one to go, you should just go like watch the trailer because the trailer used some of the one of the tracks that was mm-hmm. written by i don't remember his name now but he's done a bunch of stuff now for like batman v superman and like all the dc stuff hmm. he's he's hugely popular now and it's all based on this this movie is what made him so popular he was doing stuff before that, but it mm-hmm. wasn't as big. Junkie XL. Junkie XL, that's his name. Yeah, he's he's doing a bunch of stuff now. And he's done stuff before, but he's really popular now because of this movie. And it's so good. He was in the music department for 2004's Catwoman. Hey, there you go. I bet that's where he learned his skills. Can't all be winners. <laughs> so that's, I don't know. I don't know what else to even say about this movie other than it's one of my favorite movies. And I hope everyone watches it. Yeah, it's so over-the-top, action-y. Find it, the biggest screen you can. Yeah. Crank it up as loud as you can. Oh, yeah. And just sit back and enjoy it? I would... What s- else to even say about like, it? To the, I guess, I mean, if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, see it. But if you're going to go into it, being just don't be skeptical about it. Just kind of, You don't need to like zone out. It's you got to take one of those it for movies. what it is. 
Yeah, you just gotta like, kind of just let it all wash, wash over, over you. you. Just gotta let it wash over you, man. Yeah. It's just that good. So one final time, this movie is cool. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Yeah. Would you? How would you describe Mad Max Fury Road? C. O. O. L. That's both cool. I love it. It's cool. 